Welcome to the Jewelry District, a podcast by JCK. Today, Rob Bates and Victoria Gamowski share their post-JCK show takeaways and interviews that they captured live from the JCK show floor. Hey everyone, welcome to the Jewelry District. This is Victoria Gamelski, Editor-in-Chief of JCK, jckonline.com, back in LA after a whirlwind week in Vegas, and I'm with... Rob Bates, News Director of JCK and JCK Online, back in the New York groove uh, <laughs> after uh, still recuperating from Vegas. I think it takes a couple months, but uh, oh, that should be okay. Yeah. Uh, amazing show, huh? Yeah. It was. It was dense. It was like the most densely packed Vegas I remember. Yeah, it was like an old Vegas. It was. It was very much a pre-pandemic Vegas. All the events were back. The one plus side of the Vegas we had last August, the pushback Vegas that took place in 21, was that I got to eat at all the different restaurants that I'd been planning to check out or hoping to check out because there were no events. So we had lots of time for meals with friends. This year, we had meals with friends, but they were at the gala events that were back. And that was also nice. Yeah, I'm wiped. I'm totally, totally, totally <laughs> wiped. What was your take on it? I mean, you got in, went to some education, I know. I know we saw each other, which was great. Yeah. But yeah, tell me your your takeaways. I think the mood was really strong. I think attendance was really strong. I think obviously jewelers are aware that there's some warning signs for the economy, put it that way, but been on a high for the last two years and it still seems to be going. It hasn't run out of steam. In some cases, it may have slowed a little, but it seems to be going very well. People still seem to be making sales and they needed inventory. So the mood was really uh, very strong. I mean, two people told me it was their best show ever that they've ever had. Hmm. You know, you, you don't usually hear that. So um, I think it was a very strong show. Well, I mean, we'll see what's going on with the larger economy. I mean, we don't have any control over that. But I think jewelry seems in a decent place. And uh, certainly that the show showed it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you talk about traffic and just general buzz. On day one, I walked from my room in the Palazzo, you know, and sort of that gauntlet towards the show. And I, I've truly never seen a registration line so long. It was just down the hall and it seemed quite endless and it felt like one of those horrific roller coaster queues you stand in and you sort of dread with your kids while you're waiting for their <laughs> favorite coaster it, it was so long and it was great it was great to see I very much got the impression that people who had not been to JCK in a long long time or had never been took the opportunity to show up this year it felt like the right time for everybody to reconnect in person and just see what it's all about even people who weren't there specifically to buy and I'm thinking of a wonderful person I I connected with online many times over the last few years, creative director for Maui Divers, which is a Honolulu-based jewelry store chain. They make great designs, all inspired by Hawaii. They've got, I believe, something like 13 stores across the islands. And Hugo Laverde, you know, has sent us numerous designs. We've featured them before. And he actually came to JCK for the first time with his team, and they were just shopping around. And it was really nice to chat and meet him in person and kind of put a face to the name. And again, it, I don't think they had specific items on their agenda so much as they just wanted to check out the market, see what the vibe was, see how people were feeling. And, and that was great. And it reminded me of why shows like JCK continue and persevere. And even when it seems like we can do all this online, everybody realizes that it's so much better when we see each other in person and we can touch and feel the jewels and clink glasses and generally 
laugh together. So it was a great reminder of why in-person events, despite all our technological advances, continue to thrive. Yeah, it was uh, kind of like everything a JCK show is and has always been exhausting, crazy, fun, packed, wild, exciting. I mean, incredible networking. You see basically everybody. And it, it was kind of uh, a reminder of what these shows have been. And it was uh, to be back in that environment after the crazy two years we've had mm-hmm. was uh, was uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm super tired because I think it was like maybe especially after being kind of out of that loop, out of that event loop for so long, it was even more taxing than I remember. And it was hot too, obviously, but it was, it was great. It was great to be back. And um, yeah, I think we'll see. I was, I was very curious as I was reporting on the show floor to see if people were talking about inflation. It's obviously you drive around your own community and you see the gas prices here in LA. They were topping $7 a gallon, at least leading into Vegas. And, and you see the news and inflation really is the headline of the day. Well, not counting the January 6th hearings, of course. And you wonder if that's going to trickle down or if that would have trickled down onto the show floor and impacted the way people were buying. And it just didn't seem to be an issue, perhaps because I was doing a lot of my reporting at luxury where price points are high, where customers are generally on the more affluent end of the spectrum. And people didn't seem to think that inflation was really a factor at that level. It's certainly a factor when you're thinking about groceries or more everyday lower cost items. But at the high-end jewelry level, it did not seem to be an issue, although there was some talk about how do we factor in replacement costs for jewelry. So we're, we're buying jewelry perhaps uh, to fill out merchandise that um, we bought perhaps a year or two ago when prices were a little lesser. And so what do we need to charge for that jewelry because we need to consider how much it'll cost us to replace it? So that was a bit of a concern for some retailers I spoke to, but again, it didn't reach that level of, well, we're not going to buy or we're going to buy much differently than than we intended to because of inflation. It, it just wasn't, it wasn't there yet. So I guess that was a good sign that our industry perhaps is a little more resilient to some of the flux we see in the overall marketplace. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, there's this argument that people will buy things that are stores of value during times of high inflation, which, you know, jewelry, diamonds, gold can certainly, gemstones can certainly be. Yeah, I mean, you know, people were concerned and I mean, you know, they were thinking about it, but, you know, when people look to business, they, you know, and you'll you'll certainly hear in this these interviews, uh, they said it was mostly holding up. So, and that could be because of the wedding boom, and you know, it's not going to be amazing till the end of time, but certainly uh, it looks good now. Yeah, you know, given what we know. You know, the one thing I should say in terms of product trends is I was a tiny bit disappointed about the product trends I saw or more to the point didn't see. There were a lot of continuations of trends we've seen. You know, medallions and symbols like zodiac signs, evil eyes, things that connote protection or somehow might be seen as amulets, uh, you know, that kind of stuff that we saw really emerge in a big way during the pandemic. And that layering look that has been going on for years now, you know, stacking bracelets and stacking rings and the curated ear, all that stuff was very much the thing to buy in Vegas. And it was just a little disappointing in the sense that it wasn't that new. And so I wished that, you know, we'd seen some fantastic new product trends, but it may be that people just have done so well with that stuff. And it is such a sure thing in their cases that they are just 
doubling down on on these trends that we know are working and we'll see i mean we saw some new colors perhaps orange emerging as a new interesting color that i don't think we've seen a lot of in jewelry so that'll be interesting and you know of course i saw spectacular pieces here and there you know handfuls of remarkable one-of-a-kind jewels and those were always great but in terms of an overall product trend that seemed to be very new not so much and if anybody did see anything that, you know, contrary to what I just said, that did feel very new, I'd love to hear from you. So please, yeah. please do reach out. And the uh, lab grown was, uh, the lab grown pavilion had a lot of energy and new people. And uh, it's clearly uh, interesting. And we have a couple of lab grown people, I believe, coming up with, with the interviews. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so speaking of those interviews, you know, those of you listening to this episode will hear from sort of a group, a slew of people that Rob and I sort of ambushed, I guess, on the show floor. None of these interviews were lined up in advance. We just sort of found people that we knew we wanted to chat with and we put our microphone into their face and we said, hey, can you answer a few questions for us? And none of them really followed a formula either. We just happened to talk to people depending on who they were, whether they were retailers or designers or exhibitors or just people we saw roaming the floor. And we asked them what their take was on on this year's Vegas. So that's what you're going to hear today. And I think on the whole, you'll sense the enthusiasm and the general upbeat mood in their voices and the kind of buzz in the background you'll hear all of which uh, again just speaks to a really great show a good a good mid-year checkpoint for 22 and bodes well i think for the holiday of course anything could happen in our crazy world but for now i think things are looking looking up all right i'm here in the zing booth with jewelers mutual groups chief content executive mark smelzer my former jck husband partner in fun crime and um generally dear friend Hi, Mark. Hi, Victoria. It's great to see you and kind of weird because for so many years we walked this show hand in hand doing our JCK work together. What's it, what's it like being on the other side? It's great. I mean, it's I miss the JCK days. I'm so glad that we still get to hang out and have fun. But it's been great to observe from, from this side. It's awesome to be a part of Jewelry's Mutual. They're doing so many cool things to help the industry. I'm excited to be a part of it. We've launched the Zing Report. We're doing these Zing Minute interviews. So it's all upbeat and exciting and really in keeping with what's going on at the show this year, which has been a blast. So this is the 30th anniversary of JCK. How many JCKs have you been to? Over the span of 19 years, I've been to 18. I missed one time. What year did you miss? 2009. Oh, I missed that year too. I think that was probably a very quiet year. Left JCK, if you remember, and then I came running back at the first opportunity. I do remember, and you dragged me with you back in 2010. <laughs> and have you seen anything really cool or mind-blowing, or just something that made an impression on you uh, just over the last couple of days? Just, just the overall energy. I mean, walking around and seeing people sitting at tables, writing business in every single booth. It's just great to see action and sales and seems like a really healthy, exciting show. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark. I love you. Bye. I love you. (laughs) I'm here with Matt Steller at the Steller booth on day two of JCK. Nice to see you, Matt. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to see you, and we're very excited to be here. So this is the 30th anniversary of the show. I wondered how many JCKs have you been to? Well, all 29. Oh, we Well, actually, I would say 28. We missed last year and then the year before with COVID being closed. Right. So you've been to almost as many as there have been. And I don't know, this is a new booth, right? Is this a new setup for you? No, the uh, booth, you know, it's a process. So we keep improving it every year. And uh, we really do like this setup. 
it really takes care of the customers. We're nice spread out. We've got lots of space. We get to show a lot of our product and a lot of our new innovations. And it's working very well for us this year. It's super busy here. I mean, what would you say is the big introduction for Stellar here at this year's event? Well, I don't think, you know, we have enough time to talk about all the new innovations. We've been, you know, very progressive in producing lots of new product, lots of new technology and innovations, you know, for our jewelers. In every one of these pods, there's something new and exciting and different. And that's the reason we really love to have our customers come and visit us. We always have a love in and we always have really fresh and clean and great ideas for them to take back with them. Yeah, I saw there's a bracelet station where you get a welded, uh, get your permanent bracelet welded on which I think is a very cool introduction. It's certainly a kind of a win-win for jewelers to entice their customers to come in hand-in-hand and get, get their matching uh, permanent bracelets. Um, I wonder how you might describe business in 22 so far. I mean, we've had the jewelry industry had such good years, really, surprisingly, through COVID. What's your take on the first half of 22? Well, you're absolutely right during the COVID years, and certainly COVID, you know, is a serious, you know, disease. But uh, we had the two greatest years of the, comp- you know, history uh, company. We were concerned about 22, and we've come into the year very, very strong. Our jewelers are doing really well. We see a couple of product lines starting to slow down a bit. And, of course, the fall is always the big question. And, you know, we're here today talking about the fall season and Christmas and the holiday sales. But right now, I think everybody is optimistic. Maybe I should say cautiously optimistic. We believe we're going to have a great year because we're going to make it that way. Amen. Well, if the crowd here and the kind of energy I'm feeling in your booth is any indication, I think you're pretty well set for the end of this year. So thank you so much, Matt. Always love to chat with you. My goodness, Victoria. Thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Okay, I'm here with Craig Underwood of Underwood's Fine Jewelers in Fayetteville, Arkansas, who just won the Shipley Award, the Robert M. Shipley Award in uh, the AGS Conclave in Oklahoma City. That's it. So you still uh, you got still on that high? You're still I'm still on glowing. That? Yeah, yeah, I am. It, I was so shocked when I received that and just so humbled. And yeah, great, great experience, great surprise. It was awesome. And your father had won it too, so that, that must have been nice. Yeah, and to have my dad there. My dad hasn't come to a conclave in it's just been eight or ten years, and so it was wonderful. I had no idea who was going to be there, and Laura, my wife, worked it out where she got our whole family there. My oldest son with his family, my youngest son came in. He brought my parents. My middle son is in the business now, joint and part of our family and in the, in the family business. But, yeah, my wife surprised me with all our extended family coming in, and uh, it's great having my dad there. He's uh, He'll be 90 years old this year. Yeah, my, my dad just turned 90. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's well, awesome. That give, awesome. Give your dad my best. I'm I'll do that. Happy, happy he's uh, still uh, still with us and uh, keeping busy. Yeah, he'll come into the store about uh, two or three days a week. He'll come in for about an hour a day and just say hello to the staff and see what's going on and just just enough to see you know keep active of what's going on. But it's great having him pop in the store. Yeah, you just can't keep him away, I guess. No, he loves it and he founded the business and we're 65 years old this year as a, as a company and uh, he loves being part of the industry and loves being part of the business. So uh, what's your sense of the show? Uh, what do you see in here? Uh, what are you looking for? Uh, anything exciting? I love the optimistic outlook that people have. And, you know, our business has been great the last two years. I think a lot of people have had a phenomenal year just recently. And so people are kind of on that high right now with uh, enjoying the way business has been and a very optimistic group here. There's some talk that, the you know, there's a little nervousness about uh, what's happening. Do you think it's going to be a good holiday? 
I do. I think this year's going to be a great year. I think a little bit of uh, caution is smart. We've had a great year. We all know it's not going to go on forever. And so it's smart to be a little bit cautious, but at the same time, if you don't have it, you can't sell it. And so uh, we're wanting to make sure that we have merchandise available for our customers. Anything you're looking for in particular? A variety of different things. There's not any one item that we have out there. Uh, there's a lot of different areas we're wanting to fill in. Uh, so just, yeah, a variety of th different things. And when was, when was the last time you've been to Vegas? Uh... That's what's crazy. It's been three years since wow. the last time I was in Vegas. You know, the first year of COVID, it was canceled. Second year is postponed. I had my tickets for last year all the way up until a week before. And then so many of the vendors that I deal with were backing out or had already planned not to come that I decided not to come about a, about a week before is when I actually canceled my plan. So. It's awesome to be here. Now, I will tell you, one of the most expensive things I paid for for this uh, trip so far is my airline ticket getting here. It was really expensive. Yeah. It's a lot. Did, yeah. they, did they mess up your flight like they've messed up so many? Uh, it wasn't too bad. We had an hour delay uh, in Dallas. So uh, I've been talking to other people who've had a lot more uh, of a delay yeah. than that. So I feel fortunate that it was only an hour. We've come to a point where an hour delay is, is, is it's acceptable. Not, yeah. is okay. I, I only yeah. had an hour delay. I was thrilled. <laughs> All right, we're here with Fariel Zaruki, who last night won a Diamonds Do Good next Lifetime gen. Next Gen. Oh, Next, next Gen. gen. <laughs> you're you're considered you're still considered Next Gen. That's all right. I'm <laughs> I'm old Gen. I'm yes, I'm, I'm past ready, Gen. Not ready yet for a Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, yes. Well, I hope I'll be here with you for many more years to come. Okay. <laughs> and you're the Senior Vice President of. Corporate affairs. Corporate affairs for De Beers last night. So what was it like you won the Diamonds Do Good Award? What was that like? For me, it was really, truly humbling because it, it's so empowering to be recognized for hard work mm -hmm. by anyone. So as a human being, for me, it was just totally humbling. And I loved the evening. Um, I, de I definitely believe in Diamonds Do Good. I've pushed for reform, standards, best practice my entire career in this industry. And I know that the majority do great work. Of course, there are some difficulties out there and far more work to do. But it's nice for once to be recognized for the good because we're always focusing on the bad. That, that's true. I, I agree with that. And you're very involved with the Responsible Jewelry Council. You're on the Standards Committee. You want to give us an update on how things are going with that, what's happening, anything exciting? Well, the Responsible Jewelry Council, as, as you know, has had a little bit of difficulties in the last month. But actually, so much progress has happened. Most of those that had resigned due to the slow decision-making, uh, which I really don't think was a slow decision because I was part of the team that was working flat out to try and understand the ever-changing landscape in those first two months. Every time you thought you could make a decision, new news came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was tough, but uh, I think that recognition has happened. We had a lot of resignations from members. The majority of them have now come back. We're working on big reforms that would give the RJC the authority to make decisions at a board level in areas where reputational issues, especially ones that are unprecedented as this war in Ukraine, arise. This is how many JCK, JCK shows have you been to? Oh, good question. A lot. More than, a, a lot, right? More than 11. More I, than 11, right? My daughter's 11 years old, and I brought her here when she was two weeks old. Mm -hmm. So wow. more than 11. And what do you think of the mood of people here today? You know, lots of excitement. Mm -hmm. uh, we've walked into an environment where I know there was a JCK show last year, but it wasn't so busy. Uh, here, this year, it's extremely busy. 
I was walking in because of the situation that's happening right now, thinking that I was going to get many more questions, but people seem very happy to meet each other. Business is doing well. They're comfortable with the next six months. The industry is um, working on very important sustainability ESG issues, but sales are happening. Demand is there, and they're seeing this as a great opportunity to prepare for the next few years. And uh, you were, we were just at the Lightbox uh, presentation. Any thoughts on that? It's really great to see my colleagues at Lightbox. Um, actually, I learned a lot in that meeting. I wasn't aware about their future plans, or I had never seen the Oregon facility. So for me, it was also equally as educating. All right, we were just at a presentation uh, for Lightbox Jewelry, which was very interesting, and they took us inside their new facility in Gresham, Oregon. And I'm here with Steve Coe the CEO of Lightbox Jewelry. So this it's been five, what's it, five years of Lightbox? Or four, four, right? Well, I've actually been five years with the business because we had a year that you yeah. didn't see when we were preparing to launch four, and then we probably, launched in 2018. Right, right, probably four years since you guys uh, kind of shook the world with, uh, with Lightbox. Any thoughts on how it's uh, kind of progressed and how that, because a lot of people consider that like kind of like a big moment in the industry when the beer's put out its own lab-grown brand. How do you see what's happened since? Well, I think you're right. At the time, it created quite um, shockwaves in the industry. I think it probably seems a lot less shocking to people now in that uh, you know we've seen a lot of other lab-grown players, and Pandora would be an obvious one, come in and offer similar sorts of products at similar sort of price points to us so i think you know we feel that very much vindicates our vision we had from the very start that there's a great opportunity here for lab grown and accessibly priced product in a more fashion jewelry option where in particular there's a great opportunity for repeat purchases if you look at the sales on our, our website at the moment 25 percent of our sales are already going to consumers who have already bought from us so they're coming back to buy a second or a third time and that's what i think is so interesting about this opportunity because that gives something that's genuinely additive and is an opportunity to grow the overall diamond industry one thing i um I thought was interesting is you were talking about sustainability and that you expect to be 100% carbon neutral by the end of the year. And you're talking about you're getting some kind of certification possibly for that? Yeah. I mean, we're actually saying by the end of the year we'll be using 100% renewable energy. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. And we're very much on track to achieve that by the end of the year. And then the step that comes after that would be to get fully certified as being carbon neutral. And uh, I can't quite confirm the timing on that, but that will be following soon after that point. So it's very much a journey we're on, but I think we're making great progress on that. As you will have seen on some of the data that was presented today where you know we have dramatically reduced our carbon footprint already compared to where we were a few years ago. And another thing you mentioned was getting into bigger sizes, better qualities. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yep, I mean this is very much a journey we're on. At the end of last year we already announced that we'd be increasing in sizes up to, to two carat polished and that's been launched now and is going very well and we're seeing strong demand on that so we're planning to make more of that product going forward. We've also moved up towards higher quality. We have our finest range which is DEF quality, VVS clarity. So really as, as good as you need it to be. I mean, none of us can really tell the difference between an E and an F stone. So it puts a product out there which is good as the consumer could possibly want to buy. And I think we are increasingly looking to see where we might go in the future in terms of larger sizes. So I think certainly looking at potentially three and four carats. I don't think that's going to be in the next few months, but it's something that over the next year or two, I think we may well look at. How about different colors do you see beyond the pink and the 
the blue, I believe, correct? Yeah, pink and blue we do today. And again, uh, we see strong interest in those. A uh, significant part of our sales still go into those colored products. And I think that's something we definitely want to double down on and do more of in the future. I don't think imminently in the next year or two, but I think beyond that, absolutely, we may well look at other colors, violets, greens, oranges. You know, we know from our work in the research labs, it's possible to make a wide range of colors. It's just about how do we prioritize that in the journey of the business going forward from here. But yeah, I think you can expect to see more colors in the future. And how about retail distribution? Do you see expanding your your retail network? Uh, you sell D to C and you sell through some tailors. You want to kind of update on how that's going and uh, on where you see that going? Yep, I mean, um, with the, the, the new manufacturing facility we have in Gresham, where we're already producing around about 200,000 polished carats a year, that will be growing to about 350,000 carats over the next couple of years, but that gives us an opportunity to do a lot more distribution. We will certainly be looking to supply more retailers across the US, but also looking to continue to drive our e-commerce activity, which is going very well for us at the moment. So, Do you anticipate selling wholesale to other brands besides you know, Pandora and stuff like that? Do you do anticipate increasing that part of it? Well, our primary focus is what we can do as a, a branded business, because I think obviously that adds the most value to us, but we wouldn't rule out the potential and possibility to sell on a white label basis to um, you know, retailers out there which were you know, aligned with our vision of where the opportunity is in that ground. So I would say it's not a priority, but something we're certainly willing and happy to consider doing. And uh, you've been to a, I don't know how many, JC, how many JCK shows have you been to? I think it's about four or five now. Any thoughts on the mood of people? Uh, have you been kind of gouging the mood? Well, I've only just got in last night, so I've not had a lot of chance to talk to people, but a general sense I get is, is positive at the moment. You know, there's a, a lot of uncertainty out there in the world today, but nevertheless, I think the sense I get from people I've spoken to so far, at least, is, you know, their businesses are doing well, and uh, at the moment, we're in a, a positive place. All right, well, thank you so much, Steve Coe, the CEO of Lightbox Jewelry, one of the most watched brands ever, I think, in jewelry history. Thank you so much. I appreciate coming. Take Thanks, care. Rob. I'm with Yulia Kusher, she's CEO of Mailer Global, a Ukrainian diamond company uh, making lab-grown diamonds here in the lab-grown diamond pavilion. And she's going to show me their record-breaking rough lab-grown diamond. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest diamond in the world, uncut diamond. It's 150 carat. I will just show you right now. Okay. So we've done just before the also also one was like 115 carat, uh, the biggest rough. And in a year, we just made 150. Again, we are working on the scientific part of the story mm -hmm. that before we were told it is impossible due to the facility, the possibilities of the technician that it's impossible to grow that size. But we've done it and now we want to break it and to get it like 200 <laughs> uh, size stone. Oh. Yeah. And what it's hard to say is like what is it a blue color? What is the color? Blue color, yeah. It's like dark blue color. But we have the um, colorless too. We've done yeah. two. I think the the one is 149 it's the color like the colorless yeah. and the other one 150 is the blue one wow and so this was already you were known mailer was known for its big yeah. stones right yeah yeah so we were famous for producing those large hphd stones and we are trying to break each year something something new how do you think the war is going to impact 
I guess your business and and what goes next, especially in 2023. Any any thoughts about what what a realistic goal is for your business? Well, you know, after the 24th of February, it feels like we don't do any plans because you really can't predict what's going to be tomorrow even. So we'll leave today and. Um, If the factory won't be bombed, then we will do our job the same. If something will happen to it, we are thinking to uh, open facilities somewhere abroad for a factory just to grow because we have the technology and we have people, so it's the most valuable part of the factory. But I believe that still Kiev is like the heart of the Ukraine and it will stay there and all people and facilities like will be there too. And have people come by, I mean, out of curiosity, obviously, to see your diamonds, but are they intrigued by your experiences as a Ukrainian? I mean, what kind of reaction have you gotten here at the show? You know, it was funny. There were different reactions. The one guy, he just came yesterday, and he was, like, looking at the stand, the booth, and he was reading the catalog and some cards where he's reading Ukrainian diamonds. It was like, guys, uh, where are you from? It was so funny. Like, we are from Ukraine, isn't it obvious? <laughs> uh, he thought, oh, yes, yes, that's where you are. Yeah, I mean, they really want to support. A lot of people say that they really care and they stand with Ukraine and they want to help. And a lot of people, they were not aware that the Ukrainians can do it. And for me, Personally, I feel like so proud that right now at least they can distinguish that it's not Russian goods, but this is the Ukrainian and yeah. it's something separate. Because before, like two years ago, one year ago, everyone was coming and was like, oh, it's a Russian goods probably. And we were telling, no, it's Ukrainian one. And uh, well, it's a pity that with this price we are paying right now, but we are now putting ourselves aside from all the Russian stuff. Yeah, I mean, fully no, no sanctions on these goods. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Those are without it because they're Ukrainians. Exactly. We are proud of them. Oh, thank you so much, Julia. Thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm take some pictures around here. Of course. All right, I'm down here on level one with my dear friend of many, many years, Manos Fundalakis. He's got a new company called EZEC that he started with Andrew DeMarco, and I'm going to ask him to explain it because it's not your typical jewelry company. All right, what is EZEC? First of all, what does it stand for? EZEC stands for Easy Emergency Contact. The quickest way I can describe it is that we're a technological company, and what we're doing is we're saving lives and we're streamlining healthcare through jewelry. That's very intriguing. So how, how do you do that? What we do is we actually have created an incredible technological solution to solve first response challenges by incorporating near-field communication chips inside medical ID jewelry and then essentially helping the jewelry designers on the back end to streamline everything so they have nothing to worry about. Our app is actually HIPAA compliant. It's never been done before and it hits a potential market of 150 million people that are underserved in America that should be wearing medical ID and are not. And so the idea is it's any, any piece of jewelry that employs this technology would do the purpose. So I could have a stylish bracelet or pen and it would have this NFC chip. Is that how it works? Exactly. There are some requirements. You would have to have the Star of Life symbol somewhere visible. It has to be worn either on the neck or on the wrist. And we have to have the chip in a space that could be scannable from an NFC scanner, which would be your phone. And how's the show been so far? Are people coming by, asking, what is this? This has been one of the most incredible experiences.
experience as I could ever have imagined. We are in this most wonderful section in <laughs> tech and essentials, and the reason why we're laughing is um, because we actually are in probably the worst trafficked area of the whole show, but we've been busy nonstop since the show opened. It's been an incredible, incredible response, and we already have over 15 designers signed up, and probably another 15 thinking on it, and that will probably connect with us. Thanks, Mono. It's always great to see you. Always lovely to see you, Victoria. We have with us here uh, one of the nicest gentlemen, one of the most distinguished gentlemen in the industry, Jeff Corey, who's the former owner, correct? Right. Yes. Former owner of Days Jewelers, eight stores based out of Maine, and is now the vice president of marketing. And uh, has been to, how many JCK shows have you been to? Uh, this is, I believe, my 30th. I, I came to the original, and wow. I've been every year since. And how does this show, given everything, COVID and everything, how, how does this stand up to some of them? Oh, I, this is a great show. It's been so busy, so exciting. And, it, and, and we have, um, we're a resilient industry. And I think people are back here in Vegas, and they're happy to be here. And we're doing business again. It's exciting. And are you uh, shopping around at all, or are you just kind of uh, hanging around? Or uh... No, I, I'm shopping. I love jewelry. And uh, I'm also looking at technology and just trying to find what's new and exciting in our industry. And what are you seeing that's been new and exciting? Oh, I, I, you know, technology right now is uh, the metaverse is what I'm trying to wrap my head around. But I'm almost 70 years old, so, you, you know, the mind trying to figure that out is very complex. I'm, I'm not 70 yet, but, and I can't figure it out either, and I'm, I'm hoping I don't have to figure it out. I'm hoping it just goes away. Maybe it will. Anyway, uh, you made news last year. You went employee-owned. Yes, you want to t talk a little bit about how that's going? Oh, it's fantastic. You know, especially these days where, you know, retail especially is having a very difficult time finding good people and retaining them. In our company, it's now employee-owned, so the employees um, share the profits of the company. In other words, the profits of our company now go into our employees' retirement accounts. And, and so people are engaged. I mean, it's why, should, why would you want to work for somebody else when you could work for yourself? We have about, I think, 14 people here at the show, and our employees feel like they truly are owners, and, and it's exciting. That's fantastic. Um, and uh, how, how's business been this year? It's been excellent. We're having a very, very good year. Uh, last year was hard to beat. But uh, we are beating last year, not by a whole lot, but uh, it's, uh, the business is really exciting. Do you see, there's talk of a slowdown, of uh, you know, people traveling again, moving away from jewelry. Do you think it's still going to be a strong year, a strong holiday? You know, there are a lot of thoughts about that. And I personally believe that through COVID, people bought jewelry because they couldn't spend money on travel, on, uh, you know, on sports events, uh, concerts, uh, going out to dinner. So they, they bought jewelry. And I think once you buy a piece of jewelry and give it to a person you love, you, you get the jewelry experience. And, and I think people said, you know, this is a really cool thing. And so, so I think our business got a boost and I think it's sustainable. All right, well, thank you so much. The legendary Jeff Corey, former owner, now uh, employee owner, correct? Right. Employee owner of uh, Days Jewelers. Thank you so much.
All right. Well, thanks, everyone. If we saw you in Vegas, it was great to see you. And if we didn't see you, then you should probably start thinking about 23. Because if this hot streak continues in the jewelry world, you're going to you're gonna need to restock. And Vegas is the place to do it. Yeah. Viva. So uh, it was great seeing everybody. And uh, catch you next time. Thanks for listening to The Jewelry District. I'm Natalie Comet, the producer of the podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you may listen. We hope you'll join us next time on The Jewelry District by JCK.